You're listening to the Lompoc Foursquare Church Podcast. But that's, that's how storms come, right? They don't come with a warning. No one says three weeks from now, 29 days from now, 62 days out, prepare for this tragedy, this difficulty, this storm, uh, you know, the job, whatever. And this storm comes unannounced. It's a very common and familiar scripture in Luke chapter 8. It says, one day Jesus said to the disciples, let us go to the other side of the lake. So they got into the boat, which is pretty awesome that they didn't have a committee meeting or take a vote. They just get in the boat. They're very obedient here. And not always are they, right? And uh, they got in the boat and set out. And as they sailed, Jesus does what? He falls asleep. Thank you, Lord, for your help. And a squall, in other words, a huge storm. Now, please understand quickly that these guys are third, fourth generation fishermen. They understand everything about the lake. They know everything about the boat because they make the boat. Um, Scholars believe it's an 18-foot wooden hull with no top on it, just a sail, and room for their their nets. And this boat is taking on water and Jesus is asleep and the boat is swamped and they were in what? Uh, Don't just think danger. This is great danger. This is beyond their control. This is not like anything they have experienced before. And I want you just to see one, one quick thing here is that the disciples went and wake Jesus up and here's what they say. We are about to die. Ever said that to the Lord? Uh, There's no tomorrow. I don't know if I can get through this. I don't know if I'm going to make it. I don't know if I'm going to be able to have the stamina for this. Or situations and circumstances are so bad that I'm going to give up. And, And how many times have we seen people even give up their faith? Give up following the Lord, giving up, you know, trusting in Jesus, uh, flaking out on ever coming to church or, or whatever else. I mean, there's so many things that happen in our life. And he gets up and he rebukes the wind and the raging waters, the storm stop, and everything was what? Calm. A minute ago, they're about to die. Oh, and by the way, I just need to underscore a little something. He says, we're, 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 we're going to perish. We're going to die. And the Greek implies that they were including him in the we're. Lord, don't you care about what's happening here? We're all going down. You're going down with us. How quickly they forgot he was God. They had just seen miracles that he'd done. He'd healed the sick. He raised the dead. This is Jesus, God in flesh. And because of a stupid, excuse me, stupid storm, they forgot who he is. Let me just say a couple things. As we've been talking about God's greater than our pain, our 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 hurt, our disappointment, our failure last week, our weakness. We can never allow life situations to dictate to us our our theology. We can never allow the, 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 the attitude, the actions, the behavior, the deeds of people to ever dictate to us what we think about God. Now, that may seem simple here in this setting, But how many times when something really goes bad do people want to say, what's God doing? Where is he? Does he even care? Come on. 
I've, I've sat in, you know, ICUs with people who have great faith and look me in the eyes and say, I don't think God cares anymore about us because of some disease that came. And I, I understand, I'm compassionate. I, don't get me wrong, I have sympathy and empathy. But how quickly something that goes against what we believe or against what we hope for begins to write a new Bible for us, a new scripture for us. I had somebody email me this week. Say, I don't know what we're going to do as a country. I mean, I just got to tell you, a, a person of, of great education and great faith, I, I don't know what, what we're going to do as a country. And, and I took them to passages like the one I read this morning, that we have a king who is the king of all leaders. We have a, a God who is amazing and who is wonderful and who is all-powerful. And how easy, and you can write this down if you're a note-taker, that storms obscure our vision. Where is God? He was with us yesterday, but now we're in a boat. And a storm has come, and we don't know where he is. We don't think we, we, we can even find him. And when everything's going well and, and you're riding high and you're on the mountaintop and something happens, it's just something. It, it could be anything. You, you fill in the blank. Like last week we said, God is greater than what? And we, we had you fill in the blank. You can fill in the blank and say, my God sometimes is obscured in my life when something happens that I can't understand or better, I can't control. We'll talk about that in a second. J.C. Ryle said it best, the disciples forgot that with Jesus, they must be safe, whatever happened. They forgot everything but the sight and the sense and the present danger. It is only too true that sight and sense and feeling make men very poor theologians. Hmm. See, what happens to us is we can gaze at the storm and only glance at the Savior. We, we, can, we can gaze at the problem long enough and the problems grow. This is what I've learned. If you study a problem long enough to solve a problem, God will help you solve it. But if you look at a problem just for the sheer sake of looking at it, the problem always grows bigger and God grows smaller. That's why we've got to look at, at, at the face of the Lord. And, and I'm not just talking to you here. This is what I've learned to do. You go, you go to the scripture, you, you spend time uh, we used to call it, um, excuse the language, but sucking carpet. And um, that's where you get on your face before God, sorry. And, and you just cry out to the Lord. Before you know it, you got tears in the carpet and you go, oh, well, okay. And, and, and that's what we used to call it as teenagers. We're going to, what are you doing tonight? Sucking carpet. And they go, really? That's weird. But yeah, I'm just, I'm crying out to God. It's even a posture of, Lord, I need your help. A storm has come. The disciples missed the fact that Jesus was in their boat. Now, if you don't hear me say anything else, remember this. If Jesus is your Savior, I'm not just talking about religion here, but you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. If he is your Savior, then he's in your boat no matter what happens. He will never leave us or forsake us. Yeah, so the, the squall comes in verse 23 and, and 24. They are swamped. Water's coming in. And life's problems became bigger than Jesus Christ. Listen, listen to the old guy, okay? You youngins, listen to the old guy. Don't ever let your problem become greater than your God. Don't ever let the drama of other people become your trauma. 
Don't ever let the outside storms become inside storms. That's why they used to use that phrase, batten the hatches. In other words, close in everything so you're, you're, you're watertight. And if the storms are raging outside, you're able to say, there's a peace in my soul. I, I, I know a lady who has two adult children, both are special needs. And her husband had a stroke, and he's blind. And she contacts me to tell me, ask me, how you doing, Pastor B? I said, I'm fine, but how are you? He goes, oh, God is with us. Come on, would you complain? Because I'll feel better. Because I whine at the smallest, come on, you whine, come on, anybody whine? No, eight o'clockers, they're the whiners, right? 1045 or if anybody had the right to whine and moan and complain, it would be this woman. And, and I've actually baited her to try to get her to complain. She won't. She said this crazy thing to me. My husband and I got up the other morning and we prayed. And we felt the presence of Jesus in our house. And she said, Pastor, you, you know, right? I said, sure, yeah, I know. When the peace of Christ comes, I can't explain it to you, she said, but there was such a calm in my house as I had to get my two sons and my husband all the doctor's appointments, all within 30 minutes of each other. I said, how's that working for you? Because you've been a doctor at 30, <laughs> you, you know. By the way, if, if, if time healed all wounds, we'd all be healed from waiting in the waiting room, <laughs> right? And so, let me just say it to you this way. She was reminding me of the calm that comes when Jesus is really with us. The storm was not as big to Jesus as it was to the disciples. You have to remember that. Your future, whatever it may hold, whatever decisions you have to make, whatever wisdom you need from God, there is nothing that's coming your way that is a surprise to God. And there's nothing that's coming your way that's too big for God. You know what the Lord is doing? He can rest if he wants in the middle of a storm. Because God's plan, just write it down quickly, is greater than our storm. Let us go to the other side, Luke 8, 22. That's his plan. That's his plan. And nothing's going to stop his plan because at the end of the story, we'll see it later, they actually get to the other side. So what they thought might have been a detour or even a disaster, the boat's going down and we're all going to die here, they actually come to the end of the story and they get to the other side where Jesus will heal the, the demoniac uh, of, at the Gerasenes. He will heal him in front of these guys to remind him again how great he really is. But there's this little interlude time. You know, there's a, there's a valley uh, in between the, the mountaintops, and, and they're in this valley place, and it's, it's flooding, and they don't know what's going to happen. See, when we become hopeless, we must realize that God's plan is greater than our feelings, and his purposes are greater than what? Come on, any storm. His purposes cannot be stopped. Secondly, God's understanding is greater than our storm. As they sail, he falls asleep. He knows something they don't know. He knows he's in control of the storm. By the way, if, if you know the outcome of something, it's easy, right? If you know you're going to win at the end, I mean, it's just, okay. A little, little, little speed bump here, we know we're going to win. 
If we know the outcome, and Jesus knew the outcome, matter, matter of fact, uh, Isaiah says in Isaiah 55, 8, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways. We have to remember that. I know there's probably somebody in the next service, not you, oh, nobody watching online, of course, but, but, but you want to make sure that you can control every aspect of everything. And, and let me just tell you, I've been alive long enough to know that doesn't happen. There's stuff that's beyond your control, but it's never beyond his control. And it's never out of control when he is the God that you've submitted your life to. When our storms start to devastate us, I think we want to interpret what the storm means. Why is this happening to me? As though it would be some unique thing that we would face some some difficulty. I, I always laugh. In not a joking way, but in a painful laugh. You ever have a painful laugh? Something's bad, you just laugh. And uh, I do that sometimes. People say, don't be laughing at me. I'm not laughing at you. I'm just telling you, it's, it's painful. So I'm laughing. And, and here's some of my laugh that comes when people say, give your life to Jesus and you'll never have a problem again. What planet are they living on? Most of our problems start when we give our life to Jesus. When we say to the Lord, I declare you as the Lord of my life. I will follow you and I will obey you. I will live according to your holy word. I will respond to your Holy Spirit. And while you're making those declarations, the devil's writing notes. And here's what his notes say, like hell you will. Huh? And he'll throw hell in the kitchen sink at you if you're not careful to test you, to try you, to to try to get you to give up. But God sees the storm as a means of advancement. Why? Because he's going to challenge their faith here. Faith is taking God at his word despite the circumstances. So a long time ago, we had a couple items here that uh, will remind you that I'm older than most of you. This right here is a, a sketch. And you can't see it, but there's a really cool cross that Stephen drew. Thank you, Stephen. Great, great cross. He needs a little art school. But anyway, uh, and, and let's pretend that written on this Etch-a-Sketch where the crosses are all the promises of God, that whatever happens to me, God is with me. Anybody else have a promise? Go, go ahead. Interactive. Any, any promises? Who, what? He'll never leave me nor forsake me. Good promise? Anybody else got a promise? Come on, give me, give me one. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hebrews 13, 8, good one. Anybody else got a promise? Okay, he will give us perfect peace as our mind is set or stayed upon him. Good promises? Anybody else? Come on. Oh, he's looking at me. <laughs> yes. Would you say it louder? Because my ears are old. Those who hope in the Lord will rise like wings of eagles or wings, wings of eagles. Those who hope in the Lord. So all those promises are awesome. Now, here's what happens. When your boat starts to shake, <laughs> huh? If you're an Etch-a-Sketch Christian, boy, this is a cheesy illustration. If you're an Etch-a-Sketch Christian, what happens to you? All the promises of God are eradicated because of the shaking. 
I don't want to be like this. All right. Remember Polaroid cameras? This is the Fuji version right here. Take a picture of you guys over here. Go on. Look at they weren't even smiling. It's so good it doesn't even work. I got a picture of you. <laughs> now, what did we do when we were impatient? Do you remember? What did we do? We just sat there and waited, right? We did what? Oh, shake it. In, in, in one illustration, the shaking eradicates the promises of God. And in this shaking, the image begins to come clear. Faith is taking God at his word despite our circumstances, despite our shaking. God is greater than our storms. And by the... It's you. You weren't even smiling. You didn't know it was coming. Yeah. See, God's viewpoint, number three, is greater than our storm. That's why he's falling asleep in the boat. Master, master, we're going to drown. We're all going to die. Uh, if you were there that day, they were saying, oy vey, oy vey, <laughs> which in the Hebrew means mayday, mayday, huh? We're going down. We know everything about boats. We know everything about this lake. We know everything about storms. We know everything about everything. And we start looking at God. Maybe you've never done this. God, what are you doing? My life, there you are. My, my life is being shaken. And what's coming out is not your image in me and through me. What, what, what's coming out is I have forgotten how great you are and I'm in a panic mode. I'm filled with anxiety and it appears that you don't care. How many people have said that? God, if you cared, you wouldn't have let him do that to me or her to do that to me or them do that to me or if you cared, Lord, I, I would have got into that school. If you cared, Lord, I, I would have got accepted. If you cared, Lord, I would have got that scholarship. Lord, if you, if you cared, he would have never left me. If you cared, my kids would be smarter. <laughs> if you cared, my kids wouldn't cost so much. And he gets up and he rebukes the wind. By the way, I know some of you like to rebuke the devil. Go ahead if it makes you feel good. I, I'm funny in spiritual warfare. I asked Jesus to do it for me. It, it, anyway, anyway uh, I'll rebuke you, Satan. If it makes you feel good, go right. I just say, Lord, would, would you take care of him? And, and I hide myself in Jesus because it works really cool. And then I say, Holy Spirit, since I'm hanging out with Jesus, I mean, would you, would you give me comfort and strength? And would you take care of that? evil thing over there. I'm going to run from the evil. I'm going to run to you, and you're going to be my defense, and you're going to say, calm. He's going to speak to the elements. He's going to speak to what you cannot control. And let me tell you this. Sometimes he will calm the storm, and sometimes he'll just calm you. That, that's how you live in the middle of a storm or a tumultuous time which is a fancy word for storm. And you just say, Lord, I'm going to batten the hatches. I'm going to rest in you. I'm going to trust in you because God desires to hear you. He wants to hear your voice. 
They woke Jesus up and they said, we're going to die. We're going to, Lord, we're going down. We're going, going down. And God wants to hear us. It's amazing. If, if you're a mom, I applaud you because um, there are studies that have been done that prove that mothers can hear their child's voice and whimper more than dads can. Sorry, dads. If you filled this room with crying babies, all the men would say, a bunch of crying babies. But a mama, if you put 400 babies in this room, a mama could say, I hear my baby crying. Am I right, moms, or what? Yeah, I walk by the nursery and I hear, and and I, I can't, it's just noise. And I see a mom running from the front parking. My child is crying. How do you know? And God has this unique ability to hear your cry in the crowd. With all the noise in the universe, he can hear you. He desires to hear you, and he desires to help us. Jesus was no less God when he was asleep than when he was awake. He was no less God than he was lying down or when he was standing up. I love Psalm 34, 19. The righteous person may have many troubles, but the Lord, what? Delivers him or her from them all. Number four, God's intervention is greater than our storm. Luke 8, 25, in fear and amazement, they ask one another, who is this? He commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. They knew who he was, but they lost sight of who he was. And their storm caused them to forget how great he was. I'm just going to say this. For me, this, I'm not going to put this on you. How quickly I forget the great mighty works of God. How quickly I can forget how wonderful he's been, how faithful he's been to me when something comes my way that seems overwhelming. And, and we have to stop and rehearse those things that God has done and remember that there is no storm too big for God to what? Come on, let's say it together. There is no storm one more time, there is no storm. I dare you to say this next time you have a storm. Because that's when it's really going to matter. And you can look right in God's face. Lord, there is no storm too big for you to handle. Well, I'm hanging with you, God. I- I'm going to recognize that you're in my boat. See, God's wanting to teach us that He's more concerned with our character than he is our comfort. He's more concerned with the image that we become than just with us being comfortable. I just want my life to be comfortable. Please let there be no ripples on the water. Huh? When the water's like glass, that's how I want to live. And I'm just here to tell you that's a fantasy land even Disney can't produce. That's a fantasy land. Because life is real, and people are hard, and people are mean, and there's pollutants in our planet, sorry, and we eat stuff we shouldn't eat, and I was looking at some ingredients the other day on a box of cereal. My goodness, there were 197 ingredients. All I wanted were some oats. There's nitrites and nitrates and stalactites and stalagmites. I mean, they're all in there. See, during storms, we learn the most about our faith. And here's what he said. Where is your faith? It's my question as we get ready to wrap this up this morning. Where's your faith? Is it in the boat? 
Is it in your ability to control things? Is it in your, your competence? And a lot of you are so smart. Where's your faith? I think Jesus was saying to them, where, where, where's, your, where's your faith? Is it there for you? Is it in me? Where do we place our faith? The psalmist says, um, some trust in horses, some trust in chariots, some trust in governments, some trust in kings, but we will trust in the name of the Lord our God. During storms, we learn most about our future. They sail to the region, verse 26, of the Gerasenes, which is across the lake from Galilee. And the story starts, we will go across the lake. The truth of the matter is, that's where they end up. I want you to think about the promises God has made to you, given to you. I want you to think how many times you've let those promises go. I want you to think about how many times God has come through for you and how easy it is for us to forget. But today, may we say, God is greater than all that we face and all that we fear. He's greater than the storms of life. Back in 1932, a pastor by the name of A.M. Overton, he and his wife pastored in Mississippi. They had three small children. His wife is pregnant with their fourth child. And while she gives birth, both her and her child die. And Overton was seated in the front row as another pastor from another town came and officiated at the funeral. And he sat in the front row and he wrote some words. And at the end of the funeral, the pastor said, what were you writing? And he just handed him this poem. 1932. My father's way may twist and turn. My heart may throb and ache. But in my soul, I'm glad to know he maketh no mistake. My cherished plans may go astray. My hopes may fade away. But still I'll trust my Lord to lead, for he doth know the way. Though night be dark and it may seem that day will never break, I'll pin my faith, my all in him, he maketh no mistake. There's so much now I cannot see, my eyesight's far too dim, but come what may, I'll simply trust and leave it all to him. For by and by the mist will lift and plain it all will make through all the way, though dark to me, I know my God made not one mistake. Thank you for listening to Lompoc Foursquare Church's podcast. To find out more about Lompoc Foursquare Church or to watch us live online, please visit mylfc.com. Leads to 